Several years ago, I took my father on a history tour, if you will. My father grew up in Wilkesboro, North Carolina, and um, a lot of his family is buried there, and the homes that he grew up in and the homes that his relatives grew up in are still there. And so a couple years ago, we took a trip not too far up the road to Wilkesboro and went out to the grave sites and saw where his father and mother are buried, saw where... Uh, his uh, grandfather and mother were buried, saw where his great-grandmother uh, and grandmother were buried, and his great-great-grandmother and uh, grandfather and mother were buried. Uh, we also went by the house in which he lived, and uh, though we did not go inside, he shared some memories about that particular house. And right next door to the house he grew up in uh, was an aunt that never married. Um, her name uh, was Elizabeth, but everybody called her Libba. And so he referred to her as Aunt Libba, and of course, as a young child, I remember Aunt Libba, and I remember going to her house. And he reminded me once again of something that I already knew, but needed to be reminded of, that in her house, there as you walk in the door of Aunt Libba's house there in Wilkesboro, North Carolina, was a plaque that said, the book of life is your name written there. And he made mention to me how that every time he went into Aunt Libba's house that he would see that particular plaque and that would remind him of something that he needed to be reminded of and that is that all of us need to be in the Lamb's book of life, the book of life. Now I realize that for the last um, couple of weeks we have been looking at the book of Philippians and I realized that last Sunday we had a lesson that's very similar to this as we talked about our citizenship that is in heaven. But as we are leaving the book of Philippians and moving into the book of Philemon on our Bible class time for as far as the adults are concerned, I still keep seeing so many things in the book of Philippians that I want to spend some more time talking about. Because just the fact that they are there, they need to be brought out and need to be experienced more and we need to think more about them. So if you'll bear with me, we're going to have a lesson that's a little bit similar to last week's lesson, uh, though there's going to be some different things brought out. Uh, Last week, we talked about how that our citizenship is in heaven and made all the the necessary comments and nuances that are there. But today, we're going to stick to the idea of the book of life. And those of you who are in the Philippians class, remember that Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3 says, I beseech... Eudeus uh, uh, and beseech Sinichi that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with my other fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Now, once again, I want to emphasize, as I did last year, uh, last uh, week, that. Uh, Notice right here in the King James that that is in italics, and the reason being it's not in the original language. The idea in the Greek is that this is something that was so certain that the verb was not needed, and literally in the Greek it says, whose name's in the book of life, giving us the assurance that whoever these people were, they were already in the book of life. And it's also interesting, as you think about the people who are mentioned, that in this particular verse, there are two women who are mentioned who evidently were causing some trouble in the church. They evidently were fighting, and Paul, in the context of the unity of the church that's involved with the book of Philippians, is urging them to quit fighting and even ask some people to help them to get over the situation they are in. 
which shows us, I believe, that perfect people aren't the people who are in the book of life, but instead they are Christians who are in the book of life. And even as Michael mentioned in his prayer today, sometimes we don't get things exactly right and we need the forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ. But I also want to, us to appreciate and understand that the book of life is something that's talked about, talked about a lot in the Bible. For example, in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 5, it says, He who overcomes will, like them, be dressed in white, and I will never blot out his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my Father and his angels. Revelation 20, 12, I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Revelation 21, 23 through 27, which I won't take the time to read for the, for the sake of, of time, but I want you to notice that verse 27 says, Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus told the apostles, or who would soon be the apostles, when they came back from their limited commission, if you will, that there were evil spirits that fled people because of their commands, and they were so excited about it. He says, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Last week we talked about the fact that Paul wanted to emphasize to the church at Philippi, not only were they a Roman colony, and therefore their citizenship was actually in Rome, he wanted them to understand the fact that even though they lived in this world, that their citizenship was in heaven. And we brought out the fact that citizenship is recorded in a special book. There in the city of Rome, there was a book that the records were kept. It was a book that when a person was born in the Roman Empire and he was a Roman citizen, his name was recorded or written in that particular book. And so those that were living in the city of Philippi understood what Paul meant when he referred to the book of life. He was talking about these were people who were citizens of heaven because they had been born into the citizenship of heaven and now therefore their names were written in the book of life. Here this emphasized by Jesus when he says, here is something we need to rejoice about because our names are written in heaven. Therefore, when you think about the book of life, I like to think about the book of life being the honor roll of the redeemed. I like to think of the book of life as the census of the saved. I like to think of the book of life as the registry of the righteous. I like to think of the book of life as the who's who's of God's saints. I like to think of the book of life as the church roll that really matters. I like to think of the book of life as the listing of the citizens of heaven. My emphasis, of course, as we start getting into the main points of this lesson, is to think about what a special privilege and blessing it is to not only have our names written in the book of life, but to be citizens of heaven. But here's some things I think we need to bring out that we didn't bring out earlier. And that is, as we think about the book of life, we think about the fact that the Lord knows each of us by name. In order for there even to be a book of life and to have our names written in that book of life, that means that God knows us by name. Uh, 
We like it when people recognize who we are. Uh, we like it when people uh, know us by name. Um, it's interesting. Uh, even in a crowd with a lot of confusion and whatnot, if somebody hears their name mentioned, it's like they can pick it out from all the noise. Uh, Karen teases me sometimes because um, I can multitask many different things and I'll be have the TV on and I'll have a book in one hand and I'll have a notepad in my other hand and I have a computer in my lap and I'm doing 12 different things and while I'm doing that she's sitting beside me talking on the phone to somebody and I'm not paying her any attention until she mentions my name. As soon as my name's mentioned I want to know, well what are you talking about? What would you say about me? Even in here earlier today, I'm not going to say who it is, but um, I was talking to someone in front of them, and they weren't paying us any attention at all until I mentioned Katie. And all of a sudden, she looked and see what we were talking about. I guess I did mention your name. I'm sorry. <laughs> we need to understand and appreciate the fact that our name means something to us. We want people to know who we are. And I'm impressed when I think about the fact that our names are written in heaven, that we're in the Lamb's book of life, that God knows us by name. To the world, we might just be a nobody. To the world, we're just some other person in the world. We don't stand out in a crowd, if you will. But God knows each and every one of us individually. I'm a big Tennessee volunteer football fan, and even had season tickets many years ago, but I can go to a game there and I can sit and watch a, a game and there'll be uh, sitting beside me 102,000 people. And when someone's watching on TV, all they'll see is just a mass of people. But if Karen's watching television and somehow or another she sees me in that crowd, she will pick me out right away. Why? Because she knows me and she knows me by name. We need to understand and appreciate the fact that when we talk about the book of life, we're talking about the fact that God knows each and every one of us by name. Exodus 33 and verse 17, And the Lord said to Moses, I know you by name. John 10, 3, He calls His own sheep by name. Philippians 4, 3, I ask you and your loyal yoke fellow, read this verse earlier, but the point is, whose names are in the book of life? Revelation chapter 3 and verse 5, but I will acknowledge His name before my Father and His angels. Jesus told us earlier in Luke 10 and verse 20, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Now as I think about the fact that God knows us by name, that reminds me of the fact that Christianity is not corporate. Christianity is not family. Christianity is a personal relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ. When they open up the Lamb's Book of Life, it's not going to have our church listed here. It's not going to have your family name listed there. It's not going to have some people that you uh, are associated with and you depend on them as far as some of the things you do in the church. The name that's going to be listed there or not listed there is your name. Salvation is not corporate. Salvation is personal. God knows you by name and He knows whether or not you are in that particular book. 
I'm not saved because I'm a member of the Central Union Church of Christ. I'm a member of the Central Union Church of Christ because I am saved. And therefore, it doesn't matter what anybody else has done. It doesn't matter what the church is doing. What matters is, is whether or not you personally can find your name written in the Lamb's book of life. Because God knows each of us by name. It also points out the fact that it won't be some accident that your name will get there. There won't be some typographical error. There won't be some slip of the pen. Whether or not you're going to be there or not, well, it's brought out in the next point. The books of life, the book of life contains a precise and certain list. In other words, their name is either on there or it's not on there. There is no in-between. Once again, there's not going to be any typographical errors, no slip of the pen. There's not going to be any mistaken identity. The Lamb's book of life, the book of life, that citizenship of the roles of people that should be in heaven, the book of life contains a precise and certain list. In fact, the Bible puts it this way, 2 Timothy 2.19, The Lord knows those who are His. Revelation chapter three, verses, or chapter 7, verses 3 through 4, We put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of God. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. Now, people have looked at this verse and kind of misunderstood it. There's even some religions who try to make it into an, only the number that's going to be in heaven. Uh, but we need to understand that this is symbolic and it's talking about... Uh, people who are going to be redeemed, if it was literally only these people, then it could only be 144,000. They would have to be of the tribes of Israel. So that means all of us Gentiles would be in trouble. But here's the point that John is making in Revelation chapter 7, verses 3 through 4, and it will be beneficial to us today. The point is not the exact number. The point is the exactness of the number. John is getting the point across to us that the Lord has a concise and, and a precise list. And only those names that are supposed to be on that are going to be on that. There's no changing that. There's no either or. Either you are on the list as being a part of the Lamb's book of life, or you're not. Therefore, there's only two classes of, of responsible humanity in the world today. There's only two classes of irresponsible humanity sitting here in this auditorium today. Either you're saved or you're lost. You're either in the church or in the world. You're either in the kingdom of God or in the kingdom of the devil. You're either living in sin or forgiven of sin. You're either with hope or without hope. Your name is either written there or it is not written there. The list is a very precise list, so we just have to ask ourselves, this morning, are we rejoicing or are we weeping? But it's all based upon the idea, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Now, a few moments ago, I made mention of the fact that the way that the church at Philippi had their names written in what we might call the book of life in Rome was that they had to be born in the city of Philippi, thus making them a Roman citizen. 
You remember how the, even though Philippi was in the Greek world and was surrounded by Greek cities that had been conquered by Rome, Philippi was a Roman colony. Everything about it was Rome. It was not Greek, it was Rome. And if you were born in that city, you automatically became a Roman citizen. And you were recorded in Rome's book of life. Well, here's how we also find out whether or not we too are in the Lamb's book of life. You remember how we talked about last week, how that there was a man by the name of Nicodemus who came to Jesus in the middle of the night, and he asked Jesus basically, what do I need to do to be in the kingdom of heaven? Or in other words, what do I need to do to make sure I'm on the register of the redeemed? What do I need to do to make sure that I have a reason to rejoice and not weep? How can I know if I'm in the Lamb's book of life? And you remember what Jesus told him in John chapter 3 and verse 5. He says, you must be born again. You must be born of water in the Spirit to inherit the kingdom of God. And we know from studying our Bible that this leads a person to understand and appreciate the fact predicated upon their faith in Jesus Christ, predicated upon their repentance, predicated upon their confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that we need to be baptized in the watery grave of, of baptism in order to make sure that we have been born again. We brought out the fact, as Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4 tell us, that a man dies to the old man he was of sin, and he's buried in the watery grave of baptism, and then he rises to walk in newness of life. Paul puts it this way in Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 and 27. He says, for we are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Notice he says we are children of God. That means we have been born into the family of God. But he doesn't stop there. He says in the next verse, For because of, as many of us have been, been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. So this morning you can answer the question of whether or not you have been... Uh, born into the family of God. The Bible tells us if you've been born into the family of God, then you've been put into the book of life because now you're part of that citizenship which is in heaven. So once again, we need to ask ourselves, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Let me remind you again that the Lord knows each of us by name. And let me remind you again that that list is a certain and precise list, that there's no one on that list that shouldn't be on that list. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Now, before we leave this particular thought, as we close, I want you to think about the fact of how the Lamb's book of life fits in the final judgment of things. One final thing needs to be considered. What part the book of life plays in the great day of judgment? Notice what the Bible says. Revelation chapter 20, beginning at verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according what they had done as recorded in the books. Now, we've already discussed what the book of life is and what part it plays, but we need to ask the question, what are these other books? Well, we can pretty well be assured that the books that are being talked about are the books that we have in our New Testament. 
Remember, the New Testament is not just one book, but the New Testament is a collection of books. You have the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You have the history of the early church in the book of Acts. And then you have a series of epistles that have been written by men, inspired by God, to talk to us about what it means to be a Christian. And so this judgment scene that's pictured for us on the judgment day is that there were some books who were open, those books being what God has told us in the New Testament. And whether or not we have obeyed those things, especially whether or not we have obeyed the command to be born again will decide whether or not we are in this book called the book of life because there will be an accounting that takes place. God knows us by name and the list that is in that book is a certain and precise list. Notice what else the Bible says. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Nothing impure will ever enter it nor anyone who does, not, who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. In just a moment, we're going to sing this particular song. And I don't know if it was by providence or, or Scott knew exactly what he was doing. But notice what this song says. When the roll is called up yonder, well, I'll be there. Have you ever thought about what that roll is? That's not a piece of bread that's being talked about there. The roll is the roll of the redeemed. It's the Lamb's book of life. When the trumpet of the, sound, of the Lord shall sound, and time shall be no more, there's going to be a time we stand before God, and, and He is going to see if our names have been recorded in the Lamb's book of life. So, let's come full circle. Let's go back to that little old house there in the city of Wilkesboro. It's an old house. It's really surprised that people even lived in it now. But still visible in my mind, and certainly in my father's mind, there is a plaque that his Aunt Libba had that reminded him every day something that we all need to be reminded of, and that is the book of life is my name written there. If you have a need this morning, won't you please come as together we stand and sing.